0: Go! everyone. This is The Other Side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I hope you had a great weekend. I certainly did. I'll give you some highlights in a little bit. Robert F. Kennedy Jr. coming up in about 20 minutes as well. Looking forward to that conversation very much. A story that you have probably heard about by now, I find just incredibly disturbing. Scotty Eno was working at CVS when all of a sudden serial shoplifter Charles Breed was in the process of robbing the store scotty tries to stop him charles apparently punches him and scotty stabs him and unfortunately charles brito dies in general my rule with all these cases is i don't like to prejudge these cases i like to let the process play out but this to me is awful because scotty eno is being charged with Murder. I don't know if Scotty Eno overreacted, but what are you expecting to happen? If a guy is a serial thief who's been arrested 16 times, who knows how many times he's robbed stores and not been arrested, and gets let go every time with a slap on the wrist, if that. What are you expecting to happen if you let these people out on the street repeatedly to offend and re-offend and re-offend? Are the stores just supposed to take it? Scotty Eno didn't set out to kill a man. If Charles Brito hadn't punched Scotty Eno, he would still be alive today. Now, does that just the stabbing? I'll leave that to a jury to decide. But this to me underscores the awful job that Alvin Bragg has actually done prosecuting criminals. This to me has a lot of echoes of that Jose Alba case. This to me demonstrates that people like Charles Brito they should be dealt with a bit more harshly when they go and rob a store and are arrested. Because store owners don't know what to do workers don't know what to do and now, what are you supposed to do? Just sit there and let them punch you? You can't defend yourself. Now, maybe you shouldn't have had a knife, but I carry a knife. I guess that would be enough to get me uh, arrested in Alvin Bragg's Manhattan. I find everything about this case so sad and Alvin Bragg ought to start taking shoplifting seriously because it is a big problem and it is getting worse in Manhattan. Beam me up! To be continued. Go. Good morning, everyone. This is the other side of Midnight on 77 WABC. I'm Frank Morano. I don't know if you got to hear the Cats Roundtable Sunday morning, but you really should check out the podcast at WABCradio.com if you didn't get to hear it. He had as his guest Governor Kathy Hochul, and they covered a lot of ground. It was a very wide-ranging interview. As far as I can tell, she is completely out to lunch when it comes to congestion pricing and a few other issues. One issue where I do think she made a little bit of sense on is the crime issue. And she obviously wanted to give herself a pat on the back for the changes that they made to the bail reform. But I am so pleased that with this Andrew Cuomo revisionism tour all over the place where he's lecturing Democrats running all over the country about how they should handle crime and acting like he had nothing to do with the bail reform law, I am so pleased That she, again, is calling his administration out for the bail reform mess of 2019. Here's a bit of that interview. Governor, the laws were changed, 2019, to remove the discretion of judges for many serious crimes and repeat offenders to say that you don't even have the option to consider whether you're going to hold someone and detain them until their trial or to have a bail that fits the crime. So I had to work through the last session of the legislature and finally this time I held the budget up an entire month, it was a month late, and I was criticized for that, John, Again, you can listen to the whole interview at wabcradio.com. But Andrew Cuomo is the man that signed the bail reform law. He should not be able to get away with that. And, look, did Governor Kathy Hochul do enough to totally turn the tide? No. But I think it did improve. And this is with a recalcitrant legislature that had a veto-proof Super majority. So I'm no fan of the governors. I didn't vote for her. But I think you have to give her a little bit of credit on her attempts to turn back the Andrew Cuomo bail reform law. Beam me up. To be continued. Four years ago, ranked choice voting came to New York City. It was put on the ballot by the Charter Revision Commission, and it was overwhelmingly approved by the voters of New York City. Now, one of the things that the Charter Revision Commission did is they did not include ranked choice voting for the general election, where obviously it would be the most effective. They made it only for primaries and special elections. I objected loudly, and the Charter Revision Commission did what they generally do, and they ignored me. And for whatever reason, Over the last couple of years, I get the sense that a lot of conservatives and some Republicans are hostile to ranked choice voting, and they view it as some sort of attack on conservatives or Republicans. Well, had the Charter Revision Commission listened to me you would likely be seeing a new Republican member of the city council. Let me tell you what's going on. There's a politician in Brooklyn by the name of Vito Labella, retired NYPD lieutenant who was a Republican candidate for city council in the 43rd district. This is the new Asian majority council seat that they created. And he was running against someone named Ying Tan, a community activist who was running against him. And I said it was a mistake for the Brooklyn GOP to endorse an Italian in an all Asian district and of course they did the same thing most people do. They didn't listen to me. They endorsed the Italian. Well, Ying Tan, shockingly, in the Asian district, Ying Tan beat Vito Labella in the Republican candidate. So now she will be the Republican nominee in the November election. But instead of bowing out, Labella announced on Thursday that he is still running and staying in the race as the Conservative Party nominee. Now, this is going to be a super close election. Even if he gets two three, maybe even 4% of the vote, those are votes that would almost certainly have gone to the Republican candidate, Ying Tan. What does this have to do with ranked choice voting? Well, if we had ranked choice voting in the general election, LaBella's supporters could rank him first on the conservative line and then rank Ying Tan second on the Republican line and you would very likely see a new Republican headed to the city council. But that is a much tougher thing to do with Vito LaBella running as the conservative party candidate. So the next time some conservative tries to get you hyped up about hating rank choice voting, remember Vito LaBella. Beam me up! To be continued. Six people were charged Friday in an alleged scheme to divert tens of thousands of dollars in public money to New York City Mayor Eric Adams' campaign months before the election. The indictment, announced by Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, does not implicate Adams or other current city employees in the plot, but it describes what they call a straw donor conspiracy orchestrated by people with business before the city who hope to maximize their donations in exchange. For political favors. Essentially, these people wanted favorable treatment from Adams and they wanted to get credit for raising a lot of money for him. And they acted as if these contributions were from many people when they were actually only from a handful of people. If they're from many people, that allows eight to one matching funds makes a big difference when you get that eight to one match. And the reason I'm mentioning this, I don't want to throw shade on Eric Adams because there's no indication he knew about this or did anything wrong here. But we were told that this matching funds program would diminish the role of money in politics. It would allow normal people to run for office. It would allow normal people to have a voice in campaign finance. What you're seeing here is that none of that has worked. The role of money in politics and government in New York City is just as prevalent as it ever was. The only difference is now the taxpayers have to subsidize it to the tune of millions of dollars. What makes this worse is that even Even though this campaign finance matching funds program has done nothing to achieve its stated goals, they're bringing this very same program to the state. And I'm concerned that this is going to open the door to corruption on a state level on exactly the same way that it's been abused at the city level. If you create an incentive where people can get free money, which is what they view it as. Of course, there's no such thing as free money. It's our money. But if they can get free money by crafting an image where there's a lot of contributors rather than very few, it's not going to take away the role of money in politics. It's going to make it worse. And that's what we're seeing in this case. Beam me up to be continued.